Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Second Thessalonians. Yeah. Uh, let's start with verses one and two. I'm going to read them. And why we want to start there is not just because it's the beginning, but also because we have been kind of in a time right now in this day and age where some folks are asking, like, is this the end? <laughs> yeah. Like, We have the rapture, Jesus Christ yeah. come back. <laughs> What's happening? Is this the? Yeah. Have you seen Ice Age? Like, is is this the last melon? Like with yeah. the dodos. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Second Thessalonians <laughs> two comes right out the gate talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I'll read verses one and two. Yeah. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him, we ask you, brothers, do not become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Uh, so right there, there's just tons that we can chew on. Yeah, for sure. So the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is an mm-hmm. apocalyptic writing. Revelation talks about end times. Daniel talks about end times. Jesus, especially in Matthew 24, 25, talks about end times. Mm. And so Jesus Christ is, in fact, coming again. Um, now, as I look at world history, though, I we might be in the end times. I don't know if Jesus is going to come back tomorrow or next week or next year. Sure. He tells us he's not going to let us know that. Right. <laughs> but I do have hope and peace that we have plenty of time to continue to share the gospel and tell everybody else about Jesus. And I think about world history. If I lived in the 40s, I would have for sure thought, yeah, it's this done. is the end times. We yeah. have the great, come out the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, and now you have all these world powers rising up. So what does the Bible then have to say about, you know, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in the mm-hmm. end times? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the day of the Lord is what the word he uses in the second verse yeah. here. Yeah, that, that word or phrase is used all throughout the Bible. And sure. really right after God created Adam and Eve, he told them how to live and how to conduct themselves. And don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Satan enters and he convinces them to redefine what's good and evil. Hmm. So from that point on, uh, sin enters the world and we're plagued. And humanity seems to use death and violence to gain power. Yeah. And so one of the first stories you look at is the Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. where people want to build this huge fortress so they can be better than everybody else and they can get to God. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I tell you that is from that point on, Babel uh, is really where Babylon enters the story. Mm-hmm. And so Babylon as the actual nation, but then also like the, the state of Babylon, where it's just evil, violent death is there. So from that point on, you have the first Babylon is really Egypt. And in Mm. Exodus, you have the first day of the Lord, which is Passover. And they refer to that as the day, the day of the Lord. They have the Passover celebration that's still celebrated today. And from that point throughout then the Bible, everyone's saying we have the day of the Lord. And there are actually multiple days of the Lord. Mm. There's multiple points of God coming and bringing his justice. And so there's not just one day of the Lord, which can sometimes get confusing. Yeah. Amos, Amos, the prophet Amos, he's out with his sheep and he talks about how there's a day of the Lord and it came against Israel because they were so disobedient. Mm. And so when you're looking at this, you realize, yeah, Jesus Christ is going to come again. He's going to come and bring about and right all wrongs. But what's interesting about the way in which Jesus conducts himself is he uses uh, Babel's, Babylon's greatest weapon against itself. Because they're all for death and violence, and he went to the cross. Right. He played their game, and he beat them at their game. Mm-hmm. He died, but then he came back to life. Yeah. So that's why Paul is even able to talk about this in Second Thessalonians two, is saying because there is some crook who who told you to redefine what's good and evil. Mm. He had no order. He was lawless, 
And Jesus Christ beat him at his game. Yeah. He's the victor. He's the king. He's coming back. And so when you read verses one and two, yes, Jesus Christ is going to come back and we should live like he's coming back soon. Kind of have a sense of urgency. Right. Keep your lanterns lit. Keep your lanterns lit. That's right. Um, Be ready. But with that being said, um, there's been many days of the Lord. Pray that he will return, rescue his church, and thank God that he beat Satan. He put death to death and there's life in Christ. Yeah. And where there's you know, lawlessness, he invites us into a better way. Yeah, that's helpful. Well, because yeah. then the, throughout the rest of the chapter, that's, I mean, we listen to this, like the audio version. It's like we heard the word lawless so many times. Yes. And you're like, oh, let's pay attention to that. Um, and uh, so when you, I don't know, is it versus like four on, we just start understanding how there's this man mm-hmm. of lawlessness, but how there's also this God of, of order and there's yeah. God of um, you know, sovereign God overall. And so we were kind of just talking about how, why is it not good like to have lawlessness? Like why we don't want that. Why? Cause you know, we might want to do that sometimes. We might want to live into for sure, like something that we want to do, even if it's against, you know, a law or something. And it was interesting cause we, you've talked about that before, but you, we kind of have come to the understanding, like if there's no mutual understanding between two different parties or a, a larger people group, then there is no specific, um, you know, standard standard yeah, of, totally. you know, right, wrong, good, evil. Like yeah. it's just um, everything permissible all the time. Good. And you can think about that <laughs> in, in your home environment, in your workplace, uh, spiritually, legally within the world. If there's um, confusion, you have chaos, you have yeah. division, you have pain. Right. And then with God, uh, under kind of the order that he has sent things, we have the opportunity for peace. Yeah. We have the opportunity for calm. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to come in. I mean, even in verses two, do not become e- easily unsettled and alarmed like we were just talking about with the day of the Lord. Like there's the opportunity to step in and, and lean in to what this God of, of order is calling us to. So it's not, you know, a God of chaos and control and confusion and gray, yeah. but actually a God of great peace and clarity that yes. we can see, oh, this is who God is. Preach this it, is sister. what he does. Preach so it. it's a good word. Um, did you want to reference a verse there? No, I was just thinking like when Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, he talks about how God is a God of order and a God of peace. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is their worship services are chaos And their home lives are chaos. And so we just want to encourage you listeners, what does it look like? How is God inviting you into his order, his way of life, his way of doing things? Right, because Christians actually go a step beyond even. Like the call of Jesus is actually a step beyond just, you know, your Mm -hmm. basic like um, standard. It's actually... you have an example? Yeah, we did have an example. What was it? Well, it's like (laughs) there, there is universal law and order that God wants to have in creation. Sure, Ten Commandments, don't kill each other. Yes. Most sane people can come to the agreement like, that's not a good idea. Right. Don't steal other people's stuff. Um, don't take someone else's wife or husband. Like mm-hmm, Those are just mm-hmm. normal things that deeply down embedded in our heart, most people are able to acknowledge our truth. Mm-hmm. But Jesus takes a step further, and that's when yes. he's talking about someone asks you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Mm-hmm. They want your shirt, give them your shirt and your cloak. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. All, all these different ways where he says, you know, he really revolutionized um, the, the treatment of people. Yeah. And you think about the lepers, you think about the Gentiles to the Jews, you think about all these people. And he says, no, everyone has a place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in God's family. And it happens when you submit to God's way of life and God's way of doing things. Okay. And uh, when we don't do that, then we get chaos, confusion, yeah. order, sickness, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my word for me today is like, what areas of my life do I need to submit to 
to God's way of doing things. Mm. And even in our family, we have order. When our kids know what to expect, mm-hmm. our family thrives. When you know like when breakfast is and bedtime is and rest time is and brushing teeth and we pray and we read a book, whenever there's a rhythm of life and there's an order, mm-hmm. it, I feel like it sets everybody up to thrive and do well. Yeah. I mean, you're perfect, but you know, from creation, six days to the seventh day, God put up a, a place in order for things to grow and multiply and do well. So, yeah. yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit about what's going on in the chapter, but really we I want to talk a little bit too about kind of this benediction that's at the end, and that's mm-hmm. what really stuck out to me, you know, if that's what we're asking each other, you know, what stuck out to you in the scripture? What did you learn about God? Um, and what stuck out to me is just the the joy and the encouragement and the love and the um I don't even know, the 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 stand firm, like that kind of language I just feel like is um we don't hear that. You know, we don't speak blessing over people. We don't end conversations with, you know, this really um, profound, like, message of love and faith. Yeah. And so um, I was encouraged in that, just reading it. And so we'll leave you with that today. And also, in something that I'm taking away from the chapter is is do that. And we've talked about that before, but call out good things. Like, yeah, we're, we're almost to the Christmas season. And you know what? Um, my sister, I have a couple sis, sis I, oh my I have a couple sisters who <laughs> were teachers yes. <laughs> and they have talked about, you know, um, I've asked them, what, what do you get a teacher for Christmas for like a little gift, a thank you gift? And, and even teachers around here that have had our kids before in school and they've just said, you, one of the most profound things that we just love getting is just a thank you, like from mm. your kids, just like, what, what are they learning? What are they, um, how are they enjoying school? And that is a word for right now. And I feel like that's the word that we're leaving here in Second Thessalonians too. Um, is just so this word of encouragement. So, did you want to add anything? Or you no, I was just saying send it out. This is yeah, send it out. It's an exciting time to to worship and thanking God that we're here. Mm-hmm. And so, just again, if you're looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you at Emmanuel. The Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.